You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AreYouScreening.com podcast. I am your host, AreYouScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, uh, we are jammed. Right. <laughs> uh, because we uh, we missed a couple of weeks um, for various reasons, yeah. including um, massive storm. Right. Act of God took power out outages. the power throughout the whole state. And uh, we didn't have it for like 50 hours-ish. Yeah, right. uh, Something like that. And uh, actually, I just saw a thing this morning that uh, they're like 99% of people have their power back. And I'm like, that one guy. That's great. One one week later, that guy's still holding out. Yeah, it's uh, it's insane. And uh, You you move on. That guy's a survivalist now. There's some town, and I can't remember. uh, It was on the news last night. There's some town that like basically nothing has been restored in this town. Is it Puerto Rico? And uh, No, no, no. It's... uh, it's some maybe Jefferson. It might be Jefferson, hmm. uh, Maine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're they're wow, like that still sucks. out like the whole town. It's a tiny town. Yeah. But, right. Right. But still, they're like sitting there at the edge, of, you know, the road looking for trucks to show right, up right. or something. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so so we got uh, very backed up there. It was uh, it was actually very crazy. Yeah. I haven't been out of out of power that long yeah. forever. But so we've got three movies to cover. Uh, Thor obviously is the big thing right now. And uh, then we, we've also got to go back in time to Suburbicon and the foreigner. The, it seems uh, like that was it last does. year. It, it seems, seems like, so long ago. Yeah. That was like back in summer. Uh, <laughs> but I also wanted to run through um, because this year, we have started, especially early, with people asking us what the best movies of the year right. are. Because, right. You got an uh, answer? People are all over our list. Yeah, right. And, I love the uh, lists, man. <laughs> and I love that you don't love them. Love our list shows and ask for them earlier and earlier. And yeah. I got already a couple of emails because um, last year, the Critics' Choice was so early that people... Couple, early again couple this year? of people have sent a thing out. Uh, they're they're going to be early. I don't know what the exact yeah. date is. Um, Probably Thanksgiving. They're going to be early in the sense that they were early last year, where they're yeah. about a month before the Oscars. Right. So uh, right. they used to be very close to the Oscars all the time. So yeah, um, yeah they're going to be probably, I think, you know, around mid December. Yeah, something, and I'm not sure exactly what the date is. Anyway. Uh, but I know nominations are coming up pretty soon. Uh, but I did so I did want to run through just some Oscar things people can know what to pay attention to, right? right? And and especially I guess because it's very easy this year. Uh, just talking, <laughs> just talking best picture, right? So and the dogs here. Yep. Uh, this is a really weird year for Oscars especially if you're talking about best picture because it's just all Dunkirk and right. Dunkirk is like uh, you know on the one hand it's like the emperor's new clothes right like no one will just say that it's not that great right. like everyone how dare you everyone is on board how for Dunkirk you. right so this could be uh one of the first really really slam dunk years in a while 
Yeah. Um, because it will depend on the nominations. And this year, it's it's now looking like uh, the only question really is what's going to get nominated. Right. What is going to be the final list, uh, especially with the... You know, the Oscars keep changing how stuff gets nominated, how many things are how nominated. Many? Let's have 15 Every year, year, it's like yeah. they come out with a new algorithm yeah. or yeah. theory they're talking about. Um, but this year, nothing is really uh, the big competition. Right. It is a really weird year, at least right now, anyway. Maybe people yeah. will... and a lot can happen uh, in six ...change weeks. how they're talking about things. Yeah. Um, but so... In terms of what you need to go see, because people are kind of talking about it, um, it's it's obviously Dunkirk. If you haven't seen Dunkirk, you're in trouble. Uh, this is a year where, as much as everyone might love Guillermo del Toro, yeah, uh, you got to be in a special place to think that a movie that he makes is possibly going to get nominated right. for Best Picture, especially... If you see some of the preview pictures and, uh, you know, clips of the movie and see the really bonkers alien thing that looks like the creature from the Black Lagoon, (laughs) and then somebody holds up that picture and goes, best picture contender. But uh, it's a movie that people are talking about, and it's not even a movie, which I think is weird. It's got uh, Sally Hawkins, Michael Shannon, and Octavia Spencer so now Michael Shannon has been getting more and more attention over the last few years. Octavia Spencer has obviously been nominated and been in some big pictures. Right. But it doesn't have, you know, a, a huge people where you go, obviously, that will be nominated, right? right. Um, but people are talking about that. It's very likely to get nominated at this point. Um, there's also The Post, which is also in a really weird position because... In any other year, this is Steven Spielberg. Um, it's only coming out, I think it's coming out on like Christmas and and like just Christmas. It, yeah. Because it really comes out like the end of January. <laughs> right. But it's coming out, I think it's on Christmas Day. Yeah. And just for that day, and maybe, who knows, for le- at 7 o'clock. Right. Right. <laughs> but it's just coming out <laughs> to get show. nominated. Yeah. But it's got Tom Hanks, it's got Meryl Streep, it's got Sarah Paulson, and it's a Steven Spielberg movie. And any other year, you would think people would be talking about this like mad. Right. It's almost like uh, everyone heard that Dunkirk was coming out, and they went, ah, we got next year. Right. <laughs> we'll, right. We'll, we'll, we'll get wait. something for next yeah. year. But you would think more people would be talking about it. I wonder about this movie because it it's, as I said, the post Steven Spielberg movie, and it's about basically news versus government, right? Right. right. And it's a movie that spans like decades, <laughs> yeah. right? It goes on forever. This, Sounds exciting. This story about, I wonder if people aren't kind of just burnt out on news, you know, news. stories. Like right. we've had so many movies uh, that were looking for awards over yeah. the last three or four years that yeah. are about newsrooms right. or, you know, whatever. And very recently with Spotlight. Like, we're not talking right, like right, 10 right. or 15 years ago. We're talking like three, right. two. You know, it was, yeah. And uh, and they're just, it seems like every yeah. year now there's... And people are getting sick about news talking about itself. Like, right. I, I'm kind of happy to see a Jedi movie instead of watching somebody talk to me about the news right. all the time. So, uh, so then we've also got... Uh, 
fairly strong contender in the darkest hour is uh, very likely to get nominated. And, uh, you know, like I said, this is a weird year where what's happening is the movies that we're talking about for best picture, some of them are just because people are talking about other categories like best actor, best actress. You don't get that a lot. You will get that for, you know, like the seventh nominee (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. But now it's like every movie. So The Darkest Hour, obviously, everyone's talking about Gary Oldman and has mm-hmm. been for a really long time. Uh, so that's very likely to get nominated. And then you've got other things that are even weird things, I think, like Molly's Game, uh, which is Aaron Sorkin movie. It's Jessica Chastain, oh, yeah. Idris right. Elba, Kevin Costner's in it. It's the movie about the skier who set up the poker game. And yep. it's like the true story. And this is a movie where it's kind of weird um, because nothing seems that great about the movie. Right. And nobody seems to be talking about the movie as though it were that great. Right. As though right. it were a fantastic movie that needs to be nominated for Best Picture. It's just that there's like a checklist, you know? It's like mm-hmm. Aaron Sorkin. It's a true story. It's got Jessica Chastain, Idris Elba, Kevin Costner, like I just said. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know. That's enough checks. That's I guess lineup. it should get yep. nominated. Yep. <laughs> but, but nobody's trying to convince me anyway that it's the next great movie. Right. Like maybe it's fun. Maybe it's, <laughs> right. you know, whatever. It's got some drama going on. But anyway, so... So that has weirdly opened the door for a lot of other movies to get nominated because there aren't these big contenders. Yeah. Even last year, when it seemed fairly La La Land, Moonlight battling, there still were like three or four other movies that you thought, you know, those are going to get nominated. Right. And a couple of them were even... You know, the sort of movie where you said, oh, if it was a different year. It, that would have had a better it shot. wasn't yeah. La La Land versus uh, Moonlight. Yeah. And this year there isn't. So that's opening the door, like I said, for movies like Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, to a certain extent, is getting most of its attention because everyone's talking about Frances McDormand. Right. And how she is like shut out unless you know she hasn't gotten a lot of attention right and she probably deserves to and now she's really good in this and it's got woody harrelson and sam rockwell and it's like a dark comedy drama craziness yeah um but in other years uh this is another one where I, i think this is a really good movie uh people are talking about it like it's really good but in other years, this is not really a movie that people would say, certainly it's right. going to get nominated, right? Right. right. Uh, and then you've also got some stuff like, uh, you know, there are some people who are saying uh, Get Out might squeak I in. I know. I keep hearing uh, that. On a nomination, which, you, you know, people like it. I know. And, and it was a massive success. And it got people talking about a lot of stuff. And... You know, there is no elephant in the room here. We pretty much call things out. It's a black actor right. who became a black director and screenwriter and made a film about black lives, and that's still important to see. And it sucks that if it gets nominated, people will say, oh, it's just because it's a black guy. You know? Well, that's true. And, but, you know, there's another movie that a lot of people are talking about squeezing into one of the spots, too, Call Me By Your Name, 
which which one is that? Like, it's uh, uh, it's Ar- it's Army Hammer is the guy oh. in it, and he's the only person you know. And right. it's about uh, being in Italy and being gay yeah. a few decades ago. Right. You know, whatever. And that's a movie that people yeah. have been talking about and saying it's really good, but in another year it would have no chance. Right. And this year you can get things like I hate to be politically incorrect, hey, but yeah. you're going to get things like, well, it's about gay things. Sure. So it's a gay themed movie. We got nothing else. <laughs> right. We need some <laughs> representation. We need something. To I forgot show that it was up. named that. I just knew. There was a new Army Hammer film coming out. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, that's so, really uh, so that is also, and you know, we haven't even really gotten to like ten movies yet, and right, right. <laughs> and, and they'll else. find five more. So, so now here's the the really craziest thing that I love is that people are starting to talk about Lady Bird too, the movie that is directed and written by Greta Gerwig yep. and stars uh, Saoirse Ronan. Yep, and all of a sudden that movie is like just hitting theaters. This, yeah. And and it crushed as far as tiny indie movies. Right. Um, it did fantastic when it opened. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Lady Bird, which probably, no matter whatever happened and no matter what year it was, was going to be a movie that people were going to be fans of. There's Greta Gerwig fans. Everyone's going to love it. I'm a um, fan of Saoirse, especially it, after seeing a, her in Brooklyn. Holy uh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, that was amazing. That's great. so long ago. That was just two years ago, too. But it's a, it's a three. odd kind of coming of age you know, movie. It's going to be like a cult indie thing. I mean, if yeah. Greta Gerwig's name is on right. it, it's going right. to have like its own cult following. Yeah. But you got to have a special year when people start talking about that as right. being a potential uh, nominee. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but a couple of other things. There's a possibility of the Orient Express, even though people are oddly not talking about it right. as a nominee. Is that next week, too? That you opens would up think, fast. Yeah, that's this week. This um, week, yeah. You would think when this movie came out... right. That everyone would be talking about it. That right. it would. It's Kenneth Branagh. It's classic movie. It has gigantic cast. Yeah, you would. You would expect uh, everyone to be talking about this. Yeah, and and they're not. Right. But it could. It could. It could easily. Could yeah. Fit in there, especially in this year. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one more. Uh, I wonder, <laughs> especially oh, since yeah. the nominations don't. Uh, come out for a while, right? Yeah. There's time, and as you know, as we have seen every year, you get a couple of months before the nominations, and things look one way, right? And then right. all and of a sudden, a week quick. before, yeah. it can be a completely different thing. Yeah. I wonder if downsizing might not uh, squeeze in there with the nomination. Yeah. Just because it's that kind of year, there's room for things to squeeze in. Yeah. And it's Alexander Payne, and it's weird. Right, right, <laughs> and, right. And that just could be the year that we're having. Right. It's it, <laughs> the weirdest thing about the whole uh, nomination process this year is that apart from, like, Dunkirk and The Post and Darkest Hour, you don't even really have any, like, Oscar Beatty movies Front run, that yeah. are in in the mix. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I don't know what it is, but I think people 
heard about Dunkirk. Right, and laid off. And said, we'll wait till next yeah. year. Because you should have at least like 10 or 15 yeah. Oscar Beatty trying Even to with something score that things, just opened, movies. like um, Rob Reiner's LBJ. Right. Which doesn't have a ton of buzz because there's not there's not anything that's taking away from it, but it's just not well, being be- heralded. Nobody wanted that movie. Nobody anyway. did want it. No, that. Nobody, even though nobody even, nobody I'm looking forward to seeing it, even though mostly because I hear Woody Harrelson's great. Right. Like really, there, really, really great. Are, and I want to see that. There are a few people that I've heard in their list of nominations that have mentioned Battle of the Sexes. Right. But not many. Right. And and almost like half-heartedly, even when they suggest it. And that is another one, I think, that yeah. maybe it's a great movie. And maybe they're fantastic yeah. in it. But nobody wanted that movie. Right. Who right. cares? Yeah. No. Right. Right. <laughs> I hate to, well, I hate I'm just to thinking bag of, I'm on thinking of Oscar, 70s tennis. You know, the, tro- but... right. the Oscar tropes, which is there's going to be a presidential biopic. Right. There's your Lincoln, your LBJ, you know, and... And usually it's a, a big director doing a big person, and then there's the... Or some, even if it's not a president, like some government some go- history. It, it's some history you know, thing, whatever. Right, yeah. And I just thought that that seems to have been so quietly like yeah. appearing and then now disappearing, and yeah. it, nothing pushed it out. It's, it's just, like uh, it's like making a Grover Cleveland movie, really, yeah, at this right, point. It's right. like, no one, who cares? Right. No one knows who care. that is. Right. Gee, apart from being a trivia question, right. yeah. you, you're, you're too late. <laughs> right. you're, you're in the wrong we're not age quite, of people. We're not right? quite at the point where studios have to go up to directors and be like, so we need a presidential biopic. <laughs> right. You know you, know you got to do this, right? It's right. your turn. We've, Spielberg yeah, exactly. did it. We've got Oliver uh, Stone did it. Like, more. come on, Reiner, you got to do this. We've, so Yeah, we've right. got 30 more presidents you could work from. So right. uh, Fincher's too busy doing Mindhunters. We need you to step up. Just do this. Yeah, know? anyway, so, so that's uh, kind of the rundown. Yeah. You know, Mark Yeah, the way you put it like that, that is, it's a weird year. It is you know? so weird. But, but especially with some of the things we've seen that might have also been, could have been. Like, I could imagine, well, it, this tips our hand a bit, but in a, in a different year, Suburbicon might be like a low totem pole like yeah. suggestion. Yeah, possibly. I'm, especially saying, because, I'm saying that's not going to happen. Especially but. because, uh, you know, Coen Brothers. Right. I mean, it had been right. like a different and year. And George Clooney has done some and, and solid been stuff a different with like Coen Brothers good night, movie. Good luck, you know, but anyway. <laughs> right. There's our sneak peek review, but anyway, but you definitely want to check out all those movies. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you can, yeah. because that's what people will be talking about. We'll be doing and especially, um, I got to, I'm going to throw out there. Everyone needs to go see Three Billboards, Lady Bird, uh, even Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Uh, Mudbound is a movie, too, that people were talking about a little bit. It's mm. a Carrie Mulligan movie. I think it's a, oh, I oh. think it's a Netflix movie. I think it's like yeah. direct, you know, Netflix original movie. Um, but yeah, because that's, oh, yeah. that's what, that's what people will be yeah, talking about. Yeah. Right. All right. Anyway. It's got Jason uh, Clark in it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, all right, we got to get to movies. So, yeah, we only have three uh, to get to. So. The, the Foreigner. Yeah, we only have three movies to do. That's okay. We can do it in 40 minutes. Uh, the Foreigner, we could probably do pretty quickly. Um, it's a Jackie Chan movie. It's directed by Martin Campbell, who I swear to God, uh, that poor, poor Martin <laughs> Campbell. <laughs> right. I feel bad for Martin Campbell. Do you? He directed GoldenEye, Casino mm-hmm. Royale. Green Lantern. Uh, he did Edge of Darkness, that Mel Gibson movie. Yeah. And 
as much, I mean, Casino Royale, that's like serious, right? Right. You're like a real person. Yeah, you are. Nobody knows who he is. Right. He's not getting, you know, tons and tons of, what in the hell? He's not getting <laughs> uh, uh, the recognition you might think he deserves. Right. Yeah, he's got a solid, he's got a solid list of films, especially he really recent does, films. He really does. And what's weird is, as much as I did not think, you know, I mean, like Lantern, Edge of no, Darkness but, yeah. was brilliant or anything. I'll stand up for that. They're film. all directed well. Yeah, even Green yep. Lantern, which everyone hated. Right, there was nothing about Green Lantern. I didn't even hate it as much as most people did. Right. I, it wasn't good, really. But well, it's not I his fault. I didn't hate it as much as everyone. Yeah, but you can't blame him. No, the problems with it. that film are not his. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. And it just sucks that, you know, Green Lantern comes out, everyone hates it. Yeah. You directed it. Right. So if you so get facto, it. You, take you it. get right. no jobs. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. And, uh, and this movie, too. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't love this movie either, but it, it, I didn't hate it. Um, right. Right. But, there, but it was actually directed well. I remember sitting through this movie and getting about halfway through it, and I was like, who the hell directed this? Right. Like... Uh, because it actually was directed very well, I thought. Yeah. Um, anyway, I gave The Foreigner a seven. Ooh, I was just under. Um, it was surprisingly good. Yeah. Uh, it still really left me wanting like another level, like another step in what was happening in front of me. Yeah. There was nothing. There was nothing for me that was real specifically bad that I was like that I was like ticking off the negatives and going well you lose a star for that right. you lose a star for that it just was almost like this movie was trying to be a 7 and I said <laughs> yeah. and you did it you met me, you met me. I'll, I'll give you that yeah uh i i think in some way i i want i liked it just a little less i thought it was six and a half, which is i mean now it's there's nothing much between those two. I, I still enjoyed the hell out of it. I think at it's an hour and 55 minutes, I think, if I remember that right. It's just under two hours. And I think the movie would have been surprise here. I, would, I think it would have been a lot better if it had been a 90-minute film. Because yeah. some of the stuff that I had trouble with was the pacing of the film, which started off interesting and then went through this real weird, like I'm stepping through molasses kind of pacing and then it picked up yeah. very much and yeah. it stayed picked up once you realized who like if, if this is somebody's first Jackie Chan film then you're going to be very surprised right in the same way that I think if you the first Liam Neeson watching. movie you see is taken you're right. pretty shocked right. this old guy can do some things and in some ways I also think it was funny because I didn't say what you said in the theater when we saw the film but I thought it immediately, and it was weird because it was almost like you were doing a voiceover in my head because I literally thought it the same way you said it. The first time we see Jackie Chan, you went, man, he looks old. Yeah. Like, really, like, oh, my God, like, he's Methuselah old. Like, like they, where did Jackie Chan go? Like, like either. Is that makeup or is that he, freaking right, Jackie either Chan? Either he's really old you know? or he or it was like, make him look older. It's so but weird. He looks old. It's so weird that even though the films that I remember him in – not the best, but just like the most. Like in my mind, Jackie Chan looks just like he did in Rush Hour, Shanghai Nights. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like he looks like that guy. 
And and now he and I have to remember that was like twenty years ago. Right. He looks twenty years older. Right. And it looks like for a long time though Jackie Chan seemed ageless. Now he looks his age. You know, it's it's weird. And it's with, stunning. It's weird with him, and I have the same thing with him. I mean, this has nothing to do with the movie, but I have the same thing with him that I do with Steven Seagal. Right. Because it's like when you when I started watching Jackie Chan, I mean, I have since you know gone back and watched like Drunken Master, sure, and all the these big like bounce old, and all these things, yeah, old, right, old early movies, Jackie right? Chan. Uh, but like when I started watching him, he was old already, right? right. Yeah, like he Steve, wasn't a kid, uh, right? Yeah. Like Steven Seagal, right. right? When he when I first saw a Steven Seagal movie, like he was old. He right. was an old guy who. Right. Was in martial arts movies. Started doing the films. But it yeah. wasn't like, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme when he was like really young right. and making movies. And then he grew up and got older. Right. But Jackie Chan started out old and then just kept making movies. Right. And just kept being the same age. And, and uh, actually kind of, yeah, and he kind of did like what the old, he's he's maybe the last version of what the studio system seemed like. Because it seems like he did 11 movies a year, every right, year right. of his life. Right, right. It, it, but I say that by way of just saying that in, and, in and some at way, first he really did. In Japan. He really did. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Mean, it he, was cranking him out yeah. left and right. Well, I mean, there was even time where he's he got was like doing, five thousand credits. He would shoot during the day, then he'd shoot at night <laughs> right. on a different movie. Like he was putting films out left and right. In a weird way, I like this movie so much because I got old Jackie Chan, not the Jackie Chan of my memory, but like a sixty-plus-year-old Jackie Chan. Right. I don't know that this movie would have done the same thing effectively if I had gotten this right after Rush Hour or Rush Hour 2. Like, right, that would right. have been... I would have believed Jackie Chan as being as lethal, but not as nuanced. And there's a there's a great portion of this film where he's actually very nuanced. And every once in a while, you'll see somebody who you're just like, not only is this guy like a master spy and a super technician and a great... Um, you know, devious thinker, but it just so happens they're the most powerful person in the world. There's just that right, one right. thing. I believed that this guy, through his training, was this dangerous when he just started showing up and getting in Pierce Brosnan's face. Right. And I loved Pierce Brosnan in this. Like, yeah. I, there was so much about it that really elevated. Like, this is the lowest rated happy film I, I watch, you know, six and a half. <laughs> right. But the pacing it's was It's going to so be on weird. your top ten list, and yet... It'll be like six, seven, you know, right? but it's yeah. only a seven. You know, it just, it felt so weird and labored until it fired up, and then it just felt uneven. But I still, I had a lot of fun with it, even though the problems that I had are almost kind of superficial. It, it still was, in some ways, a fun throwback to those old action films. It's a fun throwback to films that make me think of every time I went to a video store. And if you go to the video store, you always check out the different sections. And one of those sections is, you know, the action films. And you'll see just a ton of films. This would have been right at home on that shelf. Right. And I was happy to have seen it. And, and what I loved about the movie, actually, and I kind of didn't, I didn't know the book, really. I, I didn't either. I don't, I don't know the story. Yeah. Uh, but what I was surprised by was because uh, I, you know, I kind of had low expectations going into this because I thought, yeah, oh my God, here comes Jackie Chan, but right, now he's right. old, right? Right, right. And he looks, you know, at the beginning, he he looks sort of like uh, old uh, Asian, like Mister Rogers, right? Like <laughs> he right. looks like totally like frumpy and yeah, you know, like he can't hurt anyone. And I'm like, oh, God, now he's going to be kicking everyone's ass left and right because it's Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> right. And they totally didn't do that. And right. it was great. It was great. What was 
what was really awesome about the movie was going through this with him, you know, being old. Yeah. And they're going, well, how can he do stuff, though, even though he's old? Right. Sure, he's, you know, Mr. Kick Your Ass capable, 30 years right? ago. Yeah. But what can he still do now and not be all movie about it? Yeah. And go, you know, Mr. Miyagi can still just kick everyone's ass in the universe. Right. right. He can't, and he doesn't, and he has a hard time with it. He yeah. He just... Yeah. You know, he has a certain set of skills right. and he still has right. them. Right. But he's old. And yeah. He, and they, I think, did that really, really I, well. I loved how most films, if this had been done 20 years ago, Jackie would have walked through a bunch of people with a lot of chop sake and oh, yeah, crazy yeah. gymnastics. Right. Now he uses his brain to do the chop sake crazy right. gymnastics and sets traps and, and does explosives, distracting things. Like it's really, it's really fun. It just wasn't consistent. Yeah, I really like, um, I, I really love that. And like you said, Pierce Brosnan. So the story is about uh, the Irish uh, mob, the IRA. Yeah, the IRA-ish. Um, and it's like there's a splinter right. faction that doesn't agree with the leaders about what to do and everything. And they... Uh, they set off a bomb and it kills Jackie Chan's daughter and he's raised her by himself. Yeah. And <clears throat> he's had this really complicated life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway. Right. Um, and basically what happened is, and I thought it was cool that they didn't overplay it, even though at certain times they did kind of overplay it, but... I like that they didn't overplay this whole theory. Like, he has nothing to lose anymore. Like, now you're really screwed. Right. And they don't really spell that out. Yeah. They just sort of let it be there and it exists. You know, it's like if he had a wife or he had another kid. Yeah. It, he <laughs> he would be a little bit different guy. Right. But now he's like, look, I, I got nothing left. Yeah. Now you, you know, you killed the exact wrong person's daughter. Right. Because, right. because I got nothing just better so to happened. do anymore. Yeah. Than, right. You're my than project. Screw with you. Yeah. 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 Right. And, uh, and, and he does everything uh, so well. The dialogue is great in the movie. Yeah. And uh, like you said, Pierce Brosnan's really great. It's actually, it's oddly believable because it seems, you know, if somebody's telling you about the movie, it seems cliche and, yeah, and goofy uh, that they don't believe in him. Yeah, right. <laughs> like it takes forever sure. for them to be scared of him. Yeah. Even after like the first three or four things he does. Yeah. And they're still not really scared they're still of like, him. what the, yeah. And then finally they're like, okay, look. We need a, we need a lot of help. <laughs> right, yeah. We need right. to yeah. do a lot of stuff. He does stuff where, you know, he like takes their guys out. He... Uh, threatens them. We get scared enough to go to the house in the country, which yeah, is right. to say that we're not really scared <laughs> at right. all. Uh, then yeah. he shows up there and starts causing problems, and they're like, oh, let's get like two or three more guys. Right. Like yeah. they're still like not full on. Yeah. They're like, okay, we underestimated the old Asian guy, <laughs> old guy. but still he's an old Asian guy, so who cares? Right. And and it was weird how believable those steps yeah. uh, went when it seems, when you say it back, it seems so goofy. It does seem goofy. <laughs> and you're right, because as soon as like they wake up and it's almost like, we're getting breakfast, how many guys we got to call in? Like, we need a whole unit. <laughs> right. We're all gone. He's like, 
what am I? And I expected him to basically say, what am I paying you for? You know, right. like one of those old trope things. But yeah, I still like talking about it made me, makes me feel like I liked it better than I did. Right. I, I still, I still think the moments we're talking about for me anyway are the high points. But again, at an hour and 55 minutes, there's a lot of time. And it's not like we spend a lot of time watching Jackie dig a hole to right. cover with leaves right. or to sharpen sticks or like it's just it just meanders at, at times and it's just really strange because I think if it were a lot tighter it would be um, maybe it maybe it wagers a little on being less believable for lack of a better term if you make it much faster because I think in some way the pace is like right, hey, this it, is an old Chinese it's guy. It's got to be slow. So I get it too. I, it's I just didn't be like sort it. It's got to methodical you know? so, and it, it's, yeah, it's it really funny does. when he's like hiding in the woods. Yeah. And it's like we have to be very slow about that. Right. Right. Because, I mean you can't have him running. Because right. He's yeah. not running half a right, mile. Right. <laughs> I mean I, I still get it and I yeah. actually still would tell people go see it. I, I would too and I think like I said at the beginning for me the problem is that it just feels like there's supposed to be this other level there's yeah, like right. one there's, more level yep. of story of i gotta think that the book yeah has another level has another thing because to it. it's a book yeah <laughs> and and it wouldn't be that popular a book if yeah. it was exactly this story there's gotta right. be like a little bit more that we that's there to get out of it and for the movie they just said eh Right, you know, <laughs> let's just do and, this. Yeah, I mean, because that's what they do when yeah. they make, yeah. <laughs> make no. movies. But you know, I still, I, you know, we were about the same on it. I mean, it's it was a fun movie to see, and it was interesting. And but, I think yeah, it was yeah. interesting if it had been just another old Asian person instead of Jackie Chan, I wouldn't have liked it as much. Part <laughs> right, of part right. of my investment in the film was Jackie Chan. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so yeah, it's really good though, and it's a great it's a great movie for. Uh, you know, as as I guess sad as this almost sounds, it's a great movie for I just want to kill some time and yeah. have a fun movie, right? Yeah. And not, yep. you know, you don't have to invest too much in, yeah. with your brain. Yeah. But as far as a, a, a decent action movie, and if you compare it to, uh, you know, just for people trying to figure out if they really want to watch it, if you compare it to a lot of other things like, say, Taken, mm-hmm. since we mentioned that. Yeah. Or other, you know, action vehicles like that. It's got a lot of the actiony, Hollywoody goofiness out. Right. It, like, right. Like, it leaves a lot of that out because it's trying to be a little bit more of a serious thing because he's old. Yeah. And and I liked that. A I lot. did too. I liked that it played it straight. <laughs> I, like I it was real it. honest yeah, it was about very, what it was going to do. Straight. Yeah. Yep. There's there's no point at which he does anything where he has to have like a catchy line right. or no you know, puns, whatever. no anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. All right, so um, so go see that one, even though we only give it a seven. All yeah, right, Suburbicon. Uh, we've only got so much time, and you know, oddly, there's only so much to say about Suburbicon. Maybe which it seems like. Yeah, uh, George uh, Clooney directed it. It's yep. a Coen Brothers movie. Yep, uh, you've got Matt Damon, Julianne Moore, Oscar Isaac. Uh, I will even say, like preemptively, I thought Matt Damon was surprisingly good. There were a couple of scenes that I didn't really like him in, but other than that, like I'm not the hugest Matt Damon fan. Yeah, I feel like I Matt Damon for me is uh, he's like perfect serviceable. Yeah. But he'll he's do, never but, great. Uh, like when he's in The Martian, right? Yeah. I thought 
in a sense, he was great. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. but not because he was being a great actor, but because he's just very watchable. He worked. Right. You know, he like, yeah. he, he well, worked. That's interesting. Um, uh, but I, I rarely love him, but I rarely hate him either. I don't. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> he'll do but, for you. But uh, he, he has never been in everything, anything when uh, I thought, oh my God, like hmm. he's a great actor, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, but I thought he was really good in this and it's a weird kind of Cohen-y, dark, you know, goofiness, like Fargo-esque kind of craziness yeah. that's going on. And that takes a decent actor uh, yeah. to pull that off yeah. pretty well. Um, you would think that we would want like an hour to right. talk about Some a Burma movie that's like that. George Clooney and the Coen Brothers, and it's uh, it's really a crazy set of events yeah. going on. It's some mythical Uber city. <laughs> Of right, where yeah. we've and he, yeah. where we've taken uh, the suburbs and made them so big <laughs> that they're a whole, a whole they're like the second biggest city in the world. Right, everybody moving <laughs> to this one suburb. Yeah, like everyone and, and they. I thought it was uh, kind of funny how they like harp on this at the beginning that everyone moves here like right. from every for, different for state, all over. Yeah, right. <laughs> like from everywhere. Uh, anyway, just to have this like perfect suburbia, and then at the very beginning, right, the black people move in, and all yep. hell breaks loose. Uh, meanwhile, uh, some white criminals, right, uh, are involved with Matt Damon's family, and end up killing his wife, and we're like across the way from right. the bad black people, right, right. and then you know hilarity ensues and i mean very early on the the movie makes no effort to hide the fact <laughs> really that matt damon is involved in it right and you know the whole thing and uh julian julian moore yeah julianne moore is his wife and his wife's sister and she plays two people not right right, right. this isn't like a inbred movie this is uh <laughs> she's actually she's no, double no. duty she's got two characters right. so uh anyway i so uh, this will be interesting. I, I wonder if I'm struggle, right about this. I struggled with this one a little bit. Yeah, and part of the uh, real struggle. I love the Coen Brothers. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, throw that out. Uh, I love the Coen Brothers, and I even love most of the stuff that nobody likes by the Coen Brothers. Right. Yeah. Or it's or easy for them to least, say the at least doesn't get a, a lot of attention. Like uh, one of the big things that I remember is the man who wasn't there right. because I loved it. Yeah. And everyone went, whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I didn't even know they made that, you nope, know, that kind of thing. Like nope, I didn't know that right, was a nope, film. Nobody even cared. Right. Um, I really liked them. And then I really liked too, uh, like translating Fargo into the TV series. There have been two seasons. You said that's been now. a big hit. They were, that's amazing. They were right. really good. Yeah. Um, so I've got that baggage. Yeah. <laughs> going in. And and I struggled with it. One of the main reasons I struggled with it was because everything was so obvious. And it was like yeah. purposeful obviousness in a very weird way. Um, and I almost felt like this was like, this is what happens when the Coen brothers like kind of phone it in. Like somebody, like George Clooney said, can you write me a movie this weekend? 
Like I need, I, <laughs> right. I need to start. Or what have you guys got Monday. in the drawer? What do you got in the drawer? <laughs> right. Let me take a look at your shelf. You know, uh, I could not get above three for this. Interesting. One. Okay. I tried That's really weird. hard because you were I talking like this was like five or to, seven, right? No. Yeah. Um, I liked a fair amount of it. I was really off, and there. I hated a fair amount of it. <laughs> and <laughs> in the end, yeah. It just never came together. And the worst part for me of the movie was it kept uh, making me expect things to happen mm-hmm. because it's because that's what the Coen brothers do a lot. They you're do. Like, you're like trying to figure it out. Things are so weird and strange in their universe yeah. that you're constantly trying to figure out. So you're constantly guessing and you're going, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Right. And it wasn't that the wrong thing happened. It was that nothing happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> like right. At the end, you weren't even duped. Happened. They just didn't right. go there. Right. right. It wasn't even a trick. It wasn't like I guessed wrong. It was, right. it was just <laughs> right. I guessed that something was going to happen and I was wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so that's it for me three. I'm a, I'm a hair better. I'm at three and a half. And it took, it, it didn't take very long. The only thing that for me that was really puzzling was why. You know, <coughs> excuse me. Like, like you said, I, I've actually, I just looked back over George Clooney's stuff. And it's interesting. Every three years, he makes a film, and I liked Monuments Men. I liked Good Night, Good Luck. I like, you know, I, I like, too. I like his movies very and, much. And, and the Monuments Men—that's almost a, another one with. Um, it's like the man who wasn't there. It's like I, I kind of like that one. Yeah, and everyone was like, Ugh. I felt like I liked that one more than most everyone else. It, at least. In this one, you know, forget the star-studded cast, which you already mentioned. Forget the writing of the Coens, which is, you know, perfect for me. I don't care what the subject is. Right. I, I truly, they've taught me to not care. Like, if I see their names on it, I don't care. I'm buying a ticket. It's right. it's there. And and I'm, I'm different than you. I actually really like Matt Damon, though I don't think necessarily he's an incredible actor. I, I think a lot like what you do. I think I'm just at the very edge of the elasticity there before saying, oh, he's really great. Like, I think he's totally serviceable. And I like watching him in films because I think he's very easy to just watch in a film. Right. Because he's never really he's bad in he's the movies. He's very watchable. He's just really good. When and, he's in a film that's yeah, tailored he, for him, he's he, really he good. He doesn't do but, anything. He doesn't do anything bad. Yeah. So, right. No, he, yeah, he as never an makes actor, a mistake. Right. As long as you're, you know, not bad. He's that's like a, he's like good. a dancer who just never steps on your feet. Right. He's fine, but he, you know, it's not earth shattering. But for me, he's the problem in the film. Um, it, outside of the fact that this seemed like such a weird story that the Coen brothers would let out of their drawer or yeah. their office. Like it feels like, in some ways, like when Harper Lee's Go Set a Watchman came out a couple years ago and everyone had a big uproar about that. And it turns out it was technically the first draft of To Kill a Mockingbird. That right. Someone read it and was like, that's okay, but you got to do it better and focus on this person. This feels like the first version of Fargo. And someone went, you know what? Right. We got this wrong. Jerry Lundy has to be this. And, right. and the difference between these films for me is there's a sympathy um, in Fargo for the characters and there's layers there. This feels more pastiche and just like almost twirling your mustache, like almost right, obvious right. from the start. And it wasn't that there were no surprises for me. It was that that I didn't care about anybody and no one seemed to be layered. Not not even the weird, distracting, but not poorly done subplot of the black family 
right. like who tried to serve as some weird thesis for those in film school to coagulate the difference of what's happening in somebody's backyard. They live directly behind each right, other. So right. what one street, I get that whole thing. I, it didn't work. Right. And when it didn't work and they kept going to it, it kept flopping for me. But, but the only person in the film for me that I thought had effectively done a job to show like complexity was Julianne Moore. Not even because she had to play two characters, two, two twin sisters, uh, yeah, because twin the, sisters, the one doesn't not two last twin sisters. Long, right? One is gone in like ten minutes of the film, but watching her try to achieve, though I never got an explanation for why she decided to help kill her sister, except right. people want what they want, you know. And that's, I guess, that's true. But that's still not good enough when she's displaying all these intricacies. The movie only picked up for me by the time Oscar Isaac shows up. And when he shows yeah, up, he was great. He steps through that door into the movie that Julianne Moore and Matt Damon are in, but he's from a different movie entirely. Right. He is so peppy and snappy and snazzy, and he's got the time down, um, like the 50s, like mid to late 50s. He is that character great. And when he walks out the first time, I want to follow him into right, the movie right. he's in. Because that's the film that's interesting. And leave to me. this one. This movie alone. is so weirdly bland, and he comes in salty, and like peppers it up. I mean, not trying to like put all these coiffal things into it, uh, but he's really the most interesting part of the film, and his character, though just kind of serviceable, it's okay, yeah. you know. But he brings the real gravity of the whole thing. Um, it it just seemed to be. Um, not not uncaring because I think George Clooney is more uh, more thoughtful than that. It just didn't seem to work. Yeah, you know, in all the ways that uh, on paper it should have. Coen brother film George Clooney, and he's he's fine. Even playfully yeah, and, doesn't even take like a cameo. And it's anywhere, we, it's weird know? too because uh, like you know the outline of this movie. Yeah, is. You know, you'd be on it's board. Great. I would I would donate you, money if this was a right. Kickstarter film. You'd be I'm like, in. okay, I'm all over that. And there's something there's something weird about the movie too, in the sense that everything, like I said at the beginning, everything is it's almost like there's just flashcards. Yeah, like it tells you really. at the very beginning everything. You said actually when we uh, walked out, you said this it, this is like your uh, like seventh grade manual for writing uh, papers that you right. have to kick all these out. Right, you yeah. have to have your. Uh, thesis paragraph or whatever you yep. have to tell me what you're going to tell me then tell me then yeah. tell me what you told me yep and that's exactly what this movie does except uh movies aren't supposed to tell you things right right <laughs> and that's all this movie does sh- right. is tell you things and first it tells you everything that's going to happen yeah you can't possibly be surprised by anything really that's going on um even to the extent that you know they they uh, super focus on a bottle of lye at one oh, point. Oh yeah, right, right. Just so that we know it's there, and that I'm like, man, what, I get it. <laughs> what kind of like film school suddenly thing? Right. There's something going on in this movie, and their theory of writing this movie, where what's going to happen is that we're being so direct and obvious and boring, yeah, that it's like going to somehow be a metaphor for something, or it's gonna, <laughs> right, yeah, you know, it's gonna it's gonna kick in this whole other level, and it's like. 
because we're paying so little attention to the black family right and only showing you know the neighbors with the drums and everything yeah that like we're going to achieve some other thing right is going to happen right. and then it's going to turn out that actually the whole movie is about right malls this right yeah right yeah <laughs> or, or like right. Some... you m knighted me like right. i didn't know you know <laughs> right. it, yeah. and it never gets anywhere close to no. actually delivering on that and i and i think i think the expectation cuz i feel i feel exactly that same way the expectation that it will on some level is in part to the currency that george clooney has brought the cast has brought and that the coens have brought and it still single-handedly like somehow manages to be you know, this isn't a one or a zero. Like, it's got some stuff that's entertaining in it. But it, it single-handedly becomes, for me, the worst George Clooney-directed film, the worst Matt Damon film, right. and the worst of the Coen Brothers films. Yeah. Like, it, this is one that... And I and I get it. I look at it, and I'm like, there's no way you don't greenlight this. There's no way in hell, unless right. you want to lose your job. Right. You don't greenlight this. But then looking back at it, I'm just I'm confused how it became such a mess. If this is Clooney's yeah, first film, really, I get really it. Weird. He's in. He's just. He's not used to it, or it's harder than it looks, or. But it's not. His films have been getting better. You yeah. know, I arguably, I think maybe you could say he peaked at Good Night, Good Luck. But anyway, uh, I I don't know that I'd tell people to go see this. No, I, I'd, I'd no, skip that. I'd no, be like, so, go see the it's foreigner. So weird, and what's especially weird about it, I think, is there are a lot of scenes in the movie, and this is where the movie will trick you, like with the trailer, right? There yeah, are right. a lot of scenes in this movie where if I could just see that scene, right. I would go, damn. All right. right? Yep. There's a, there's a scene when, you know, every time Matt Damon's in his office, yeah, yeah. it's really good. It is good. Yep. It's, just not, it's just not good. It just doesn't happen. In the sense of being connected to the movie. Right. It's just, right. it's just, it's just that it's a yeah. good scene. Right. <laughs> and there are a lot of scenes like that, I thought, in the movie. There were a lot of things that happened where if you just pull that out of the movie completely, that is a cool scene. Yeah. That is a, yep. a cool thing that I'm watching. And yet it just doesn't connect. And not only that, even like the, the story elements that it's trying to give you, the guy is a, the the couple i guess right. um, they are just so absolutely psychopathic right that you almost can't understand what it means it's like we're right. going we're actually getting to a level of crazy where you're like what right. like they right. are so <laughs> far gone as psychopaths and the whole uh trying to talk to the kid yeah. about their relationship and everything and it's just and that's the only it, it's all interesting stuff right it's just that we don't do anything right with it right. at all and even when it does try to do something with it so again literally directly behind you know the psychopath's house is this seemingly uh perfectly fine acceptable polite and these are the perfect neighbors you would want they just happen to be a black family right. moving in and yet the entire world is outside of their house banging drums and making right. noise while the real monsters, you know, I get that parallel, right. but God, you got to like, do something better than that with it's it. It's really close. And because we just mentioned this, it probably sticks in my mind, but it's really close to me to uh, get out in yeah. a certain way. Right. Because it's, it's thinks that it's making some other statement. Yeah. 
and so does Get Out. Yep. And people believe that Get Out is, I know. even though it's not. It's not. Um, but it thinks that it's making this whole other statement. And what you're supposed to do, uh, like in this movie, what you're supposed to do is pay attention to the white people banging the drums. Right. The uh, the the just pure craziness of like look how bad the white people are and right. all you care about is right. the black people like it's it, it's got this statement going on and it thinks because i'm making the statement don't pay attention to how bad the movie is right <laughs> or, right. or right. like all the other problems yeah. and just be really impressed that i'm making this great yeah. statement yeah and how strange i mean i know we're going to jump off this cuz we we yeah, we got to do time, some but Thor. How strange the film starts off, which is terribly promising. The mailman delivering mail and delivers right. to the black woman and asks for Mrs. So-and-so. And she's like, I am that uh, woman. And you see him and he's just, really like swallow. He, he just, gulps. He and just, then he like, goes to the next neighbor and starts white. whispering. Right. You know, and I'm like, oh, social commentary that with, was a, like with a, a racial fun, thing. Like that was movie It coming, looked interesting. And yeah. it and then, didn't show up at all. Bye-bye. Dropped yeah. it. So. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, really anyway, disappointing. And, and I do have to say, because I, I just have to mention this, um, at the end of the movie, I swear to God, is the worst <laughs> scene yeah. that I've ever yeah. seen in a movie because somehow they found the technology to this put a microphone in Matt Damon's mouth. <laughs> You were so that, you were so dialed so into every could, chew. Oh god, that every was the worst thing. Chew. At the very at the end of <laughs> at the end of the movie, he's eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich and drinking milk. Yeah, and it yeah. is like they have the boom like up against the back of his skull, I so that you, you were, can just hear it. Like yeah. it's. It's bonkers. I thought you were purposefully going out of your way to just like oh. nitpick everything. When you came out, the first thing you said to me was, can you believe how loud that eating was? <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't hear it at all. Ser- You're like, are you like, serious? I'm not, ex- I'm not exaggerating yeah. at all. Uh, completely serious here. <laughs> if there had been two sandwiches... I'd have thrown up in the right. theater. Yeah, you were yeah, ready to go. If that would have kept going a little That's bit. funny. He, get, he gets up and yeah. starts making another sandwich. Like, I'm leaving. You stand up. Like, I'm out. I'll see you in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why we have to watch it again. Yeah, that's And funny. not only that, but he eats the damn thing for so long. Like, I, I want to see it again because I think he eats, eats it, it slow while he's looking at and you. And it's such a goofy scene, too, because yeah. he eats it. There's something that the Coen brothers think is happening. <laughs> With the drama involved, yeah, and it's so horrible too because it's all it's all it's another case of they're just so pointing at everything right. in such a bonkers way because we point at that sandwich so hard, yeah. earlier on it needed a spotlight to be, and then he, and then he starts eating it, yeah. and it's almost like they want you know like a little pop up. You know, ding, like yep. there's a little Arab poison sandwich. <laughs> right. Because they just stare at everything so hard. Yeah. And they, I, I, well, maybe it's Clooney, maybe it's them, whatever, Gross. however it's written, I, I don't know. They, someone thinks that there's so much drama in that. Yeah. He takes a couple of bites. He <laughs> talks for a little while. He clearly, you know, we're trying to get something this out of the riot. fact that he's talking to his kid about killing his kid. Right. And that's supposed to just, right? you know, except that that's just not the world. Right. Uh, right. Because, look, I've seen crazy shit before. Uh, right? Yeah. This is like a movie, if you're, you know, 18 and have lived, lived a fairly sheltered life, right. you'll come out of this movie and go, 
the right, the world yeah, is false yeah. and you know whatever. if i hadn't seen this with you i would have thought man you you shouldn't go back to the theater that's got the sound levels all off <laughs> i i sat right next to you i didn't hear the things that you heard yeah so whatever all right weird. uh okay thor we got thor. Uh, not a lot of time to yeah. do thor and uh we'll be really quick uh i guess because it doesn't matter because everyone's seen it already yeah. and well, i got a couple uh, things that it it crushed at the box office. It really did. People are apparently crushed with really it. behind the idea that it's very comic yep. um, instead of uh, We went three days serious. after its release and it was sold out. Yeah. And in our town, in our city, that's really rare. Like, and we, and, and it that certainly was rare. selling out every show apparently. Like, that's right. that's got massive word of mouth. Uh, so anyway, just to be fairly quick, I gave it a four. Wow. I, yeah. I didn't, get much I out was of this. Really I was off. I was watching a lot of this movie wondering why I was watching it. Uh because it just there's so much of this movie Four. that is so boring. Hmm. And here's the problem for me. Um there's a there's a lot of fun stuff. There is some good comic stuff. There are fun action sequences. It's kind of a fun scene when they're fighting and mm-hmm. there's uh there's a lot to look at, and so it, you know it yeah. has its interesting moments. Everything that happens in the actual story, yeah, is so stupid that I couldn't even wrap my head around it actually being the story. Mm. I thought somewhere around like three quarters of the movie in, all of a sudden it was going to go. No, that's not really the story. There's right. a whole other thing. Record skip sound. There's like a yeah. you know something. It's the dumbest story ever. And not only is it a dumb story for me, it's not even internally consistent with the world that we've made Thor live in. Okay. And now all of a sudden there's a secret uh, going on in that he has a sister. Right. And the fact that there's this, this secret changes the universe and all the... right. The fake laws of physics that we've come up with so far. Right, just right. Every, and I'm like, what? You know, give me a break. It yeah. was all dumb. And unfortunately, I hated her. Um, oh, Kate Blanchett? Well, not like I hated her, but I hated... Oh, Hella. I hated the Hella right, right. as a character because she was just goofy. Yeah. And... I didn't have anything drawn me into the magic sword flinging and yeah, right, the right. realm conquering and the power of everything over everything. We're supposed and to be concerned because they say we are, not because we actually earn it. There, Yeah, there's nothing in any of the story or lore or world building of Thor that happened before that makes it so that suddenly we could just say this and it all makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, it, it just was all, it was so, it was so like amateurish in story writing. It felt to me like uh, we made about three quarters of the movie and then somebody <laughs> found an intern and said, make a story. Right. Because I've got right, these great right. action scenes that yeah. I already shot. Now we have to have a story happen. Right. And it just, uh, that it was not interesting to me. I I wrote down a bunch of quick things so I wouldn't forget them because I thought they were in some way how I felt elaborated from this. I I was at I was at five and a half. I I'm where you were just a little under average. I was a little over, but begrudgingly. It, this is a this was a weird one for for me too. There's there's like a really weird 
pivot here with Thor from the films that he's been in before. The first one, the Kenneth Branagh one, was real Shakespearean and very serious and almighty god of thunder. And then the second one isn't comedic or light at all. You see Thor in five films, uh, three of his own and two Avengers movies, and there are moments of humor in them. But the problem for me in some ways is uh, 100% with you isn't the actors because I I like them and all the other things that they're doing with these characters it's the story it's almost like someone just thought um, the reciprocal of what I was afraid of years ago which is every superhero film has to be like Christopher Nolan's world now which is a mistake right now it seems like they think well what's selling Deadpool and Guardians of the Galaxy so every film now has to be funny like them right when, when Ragnarok, the trailer, first uh, showed and I saw it, I thought, I think I told you too, um, I thought that it's clearly influenced by the success of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. Yeah. That they're leaning yeah. that way instead of what it is. Yeah, and it feels a lot like and it we does. might just be, like this movie, uh, when it starts out the opening scene, I didn't hate it. I didn't really love it, but I didn't hate yeah, it. See, when I he kills it. the big flaming guy yeah. and stuff. There were parts of that that I liked, um, and I was actually surprised that I didn't hate it because it's kind of uh, over. It's cartoony. It's instead way, of like yeah. comic. Right? I hated it. Yeah, I like the part uh, when he like puts the hammer down. I love that. You're right, and, and it's like stay there because nothing right. can move it. Right. Right. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. I've caught you. Right. That was actually a cool part. Yeah. Um, but. Other as soon as we leave, like the opening, it's really like all of a sudden the movie just shifts into you sort of expect the Guardians of the Galaxy to come save, show up. It feels I did. like I that, did. It feels like we've moved into that yeah. movie. And the and the weird thing for me is uh, not to go on too too much, but it's it's okay to have fun going in. It's perfectly okay to have characters that like stretch their own characterizations to fun places. And you see that with Thor specifically, he's not as stuffy in even the first time we see him in the Avengers. Um, he has some fun lines, but he's, he's, he's from a place and from a time that is a bit serious, even though, um, he does like to have fun and smash glasses and order more mead. But, but it just seems so weirdly ineffective when you have a film that is the bridge from what's happening into what's about to happen with the Infinity War. And in a, in a weird way, I'm judging the film based on what it's setting up, too, not just what it did. What it did wasn't wholly that great for me anyway. Right. But if I'm Thor and I'm from Asgard and I'm, you know, my dad's Odin and my brother's Loki and I don't know about my sister and I have all of these things and Ragnarok, which is the end of us, is here. Right. I'm not making jokes. I'm not having a hee-haw fun it's, time. Especially I'm actually very serious. Of, right, right. There were at, times in the film where his seriousness and gravitas have to be so compartmentalized. He's actually supposed to be like sociopathically like serious. He should be hyper serious instead of really playful and quippy and and having a lot of fun with stuff. Um it it works in places, but for me, it absolutely did not work overall. And and that was the biggest, <clears throat> that's the biggest problem with it, aside from the fact that when it even is working successfully, 
it, not just the humor, but the story, and they give into it, and you have to accept it because you know half. By the time we see Hulk and they're fighting in what is shown in the trailer, you're already halfway in the movie. Like you right. realize this right. is the film I'm getting, you know. And I'm like, okay, I resign myself a bit to that, but I'll be damned if it doesn't work effortlessly to kind of erase all the hard work that all the characters in the films before now have put in. Anthony Hopkins is doing his best Dumbledore by being a vision right. that just like shows up and is there to remind you at the end how to really do do something when he could have just said, hey, Thor, I'm dying. And when I die, I'm going to unleash something. This is how you're going to handle it. Like it doesn't right. have to be a bunch of Chinese boxes that you have to nest up in. Yeah, like, it and doesn't have to do that, this. That whole part was really goofy too because, uh, I mean, you're Odin and you're, you're Don, the all-father. And, and you're you dying, know. right? apparently. And you're bringing about Ragnarok. Now. Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is uh, fabulous. Yeah. But if you're Odin and you're dying and you're talking to your two sons and you know that hell is coming. Right. Right. This is not something like, I found out five seconds ago that I'm dying and I'm going to die in five seconds. <laughs> right. You know, we I've have seen... like a minute, right? Right. He's... He's Odin. He's thought of something. Right. Other than, guess you're going to have to handle it. Right. Like, I got nothing. Right. Uh, I have You'll come no up ideas yeah. of anything. Right. It's right. like he ne he doesn't know who she is. Yeah. He never right. met her before. He just was like, I think he something has, might. Yeah. He has no idea. Uh, he can't tell them anything about yeah. what her powers and weaknesses are. Right. Or give them anything Sweep to go the leg on. Johnny you know all that they, thing. all he does yeah. is go you have a sister her name's Hella right they and leave, this is a nice place they leave that's what they have right that's all they've got yeah. to work with and that's just the the problem for me like you said with the the seriousness it's not even just the seriousness or like all the Avengers movies they're you know they're kind of comical at times even at times when you think maybe they shouldn't be because sure. some serious shit's going sure. on but in this movie, it's not that they're comic. It's that he's like silly. Right. I mean, he. Right. And for me, it even starts, you know, he's I. He's not even cracking a joke. You could see like super powerful people, you know, like when the Hulk and Thor are battling in the arena, which, right. you know, you get in the trailer and it's yeah. obviously like they want to make a big deal out of it. Neither one of them can really hurt the other. Right. Which is the whole problem with comic books. That whole idea for me is kind of uh, like what happens when people who don't really like comic books have to make comic book movies right. because someone gave them right. a shitload of money right. to do it, right? Right, right. Um, but like if you're in that battle, you could see them kind of being comic about it. Yeah. Because they are they both know that they're not – I mean Hulk doesn't know anything. He just knows Smash, right? Right. But, you could see Thor being kind of comical about the fight during the fight, maybe. Yeah. Because he's not going to hurt me. Right. And because I know. apparently I can't be hurt. Right. Unless my sister stabs me. <laughs> right. Then I can be hurt. She's got good knives, you know. And, and there's, I'd be it's, okay with that too, except there's no explanation about it no, at know, all. I know. I mean, he has been, you know, hit with a hammer by the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, like a blow that could take out some planets. Right, right. <laughs> Probably, yeah. right? And nothing yeah. happens, right? Yeah. And then he gets stabbed with this sword, and we don't know anything about this except, look, 
I said that it can hurt him, so it can. Right. And that's right. there's so much of this movie doing that. It knows it has no story. Yeah. It knows there's no point in explaining anything. So it just goes, we don't need to explain well, anything. And and even even again, I don't necessarily mind the tonal shift, though here it's not the right place. Because it's not like Thor three hell comes back I, it does it's <laughs> ragnarok is serious and even the build-up to it in the last avengers film he doesn't have a sense of humor about the vision he sees he it, i mean it's like people forget like what's happening but we're gonna have guardians of the galaxy right. time you you hit on what i thought i just didn't i hadn't had a chance to say it 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 almost is like they said, you know what, we want to bring more people in who don't like superhero movies. And what they don't like is stuff that they see in the other Thor films. But what they do like is the Guardians films. So just put the Guardian filter so just, on it. Yeah, just make and, it Guardian. And I don't care about that because there actually, strangely, is a lot of room for fun stuff. Uh, I'm convinced they get Anthony Hopkins back because he gets to Loki. He gets to play right. Tom Hiddleston for a bit, you know, and I think he gets to stretch instead of being the sour, one-eyed guy. Right. And and a but lot a lot of Loki in the movie I liked. I, I a, did too. A lot of his stuff in my, the movie. My big thing isn't even not liking the characters. I just the story is so mistimed. It's it's almost like you know, and I, I off the top of my head I can't think of anything. So this is going to be the stupidest example, but. Imagine if Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger was a comedy. Right. You know, all of my best military buddies, my family, they just got slaughtered. And I'm going to go out and kick this alien's ass. But it's going to be a fun time. But I'm, but I'm going to have the about And I'm going to have the guy that did, you know, National Lampoon's Vacation part, direct part it. Part of the movie, I'm going to be It'll be slapstick. Drunk, I'm going to fall so on a be, banana peel. Yeah. You know, that's not the movie that you've set up. And and the the serious stuff that he's seeing... In, as Ragnarok unfolds in the visions in, in the Avengers film right before it, it's not the film you should be putting this through, even if it is, and you have funny moments, which, like you said, the other the other Avengers films do while they're in real big danger, you also don't realize what Ragnarok means, and then just are like, well, I guess we'll go try to skip down this thing. And right, do, like, right. between that, between, you know, I don't know why Anthony Hopkins even showed up except it was for a a paycheck to do one day's work in front of a green screen. Fine. Right. I don't know what Idris Elba is doing in this movie because it could have been anyone leading people around. Right. Except, well, you know, look, it's Idris it Elba and he's got to be right. Heimdall again. Uh, one of the things that was really fun for me was, uh, and I'm blanking on her name, but she played Valkyrie. And I thought as, oh, as yeah, a yeah. character, it was interesting because... You know, she didn't need Thor. She's strong enough on her own. You know, she's resourceful. And in some ways, I guess I guess you argue he needs her instead of the other way around. But that whole thing just felt so weirdly forced. The, the and, whole thing. And, and put upon in a way that like the best, the best it version was of- It all because of uh, Grandmaster uh, being in the movie. Oh, right. that, and I do want to mention Jeff Goldblum in a sec. The, the whole thing about this is so weirdly ineffective to me when I see something so recent where chemistry between two characters- and you expect the the guy to be like the hero because he's strong and everything was Mad Max Fury Road. It it took no right. time at all for Furiosa to be his equal, if not his superior. Except, and stuff. I like it in theory. I like I the love part of that movie I do. in theory. Except that I don't like the part of that movie because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense right. that she can kick with his her ass. Right. Right. <laughs> because that's just not a thing. Well, it also doesn't make any that's sense with her with her story. In. With her story of being like the last surviving Valkyrie who fought Hela before, 
Like, you don't just get to double dog dare her and then right. make her go back. <laughs> right. And then she's like, well, I guess I'll bring up my good weapons. Like, to hell with you. Right. Like, these weird reveals are so bizarre. I've seen a lot of people now raving about Jeff Goldblum, and I don't get it. I don't get it so at all. Except I, Jeff Goldblum. I kind of do. And, and he's I just have Jeff to Goldblum-ing. say, he really is. You know, I'm, he is I'm Ian okay with him, and he's fun. But here's what happened, I think. Okay. Right? This whole Grandmaster thing and the whole Hulk being there and the yeah. whole Jeff Goldblum, all of it, all yeah. of being on that world was all part of Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. And they filmed it all. Yeah. They did the whole thing. They got the Hulk there. And then at the last second, they went CGI Thor into that. Right. Right. <laughs> and put right. It, and then we'll film a couple of new parts yeah. in like the bedroom. Yeah. Uh, when they're talking to each sure. other and stuff. Sure. The whole thing is so Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. That it's, it is. It just had to be. But made for that movie. It, I thought he was fun, except they make the character stupid. But I thought it, Jeff Goldblum was pretty pretty good at doing it. If they had said in the credits, Jeff Goldblum was, and then it didn't say Grandmaster, it said Jeff Goldblum. Right. Or Space Ian Malcolm from, I mean, all he is is Jeff Goldbluming himself. You know, right. if, if you legitimately take Jeff Goldblum out of there and you put in Paul Giamatti. Okay, and Paul Giamatti has to say the line like, what are you giving me this? This isn't the burn them down, hand right, me the staff right. time. That line is still funny and it's still great. It's just, it's only Jeff Goldblum right. Goldblumming the hell out it, of the right. scene. If, if and somebody he's not else, acting any different if, if than anybody some, If he's somebody ever else was in the movie, they would say, do a Jeff Goldblum impersonation. Yeah, and all we happened <laughs> to do was get him. I mean, if it had been Christopher Walken, it would have been bizarre and strange. Like, it's only funny because it's Jeff Goldblum and it's not that... It's not that important, but it's also only funny because of what is funny. Right. And I don't think it's that funny. No. And it's like someone saying, like, did you if, see this? It's a 10. If, and I'm like, that's a three. Okay. But and you're if, an idiot. If this, if that whole part of the movie was from Guardians of the Galaxy 3, yeah. it came out next year, and it was all exactly the same, you would go, that was pretty good. Because it's like in maybe that it's, maybe it's contextual. I agree. Movie. It might be contextual, and it would and it would fit, and it yeah. would make sense. And nothing about this it's, movie fits or makes sense. Well, I'm with pretty. Anything. I'm pretty much exhausted from. I mean, it was weird. We could have done an hour on this, and I still would have been exhausted 15 minutes in from right. complaining about it. But you know, the film certainly ends. One of the one of the cutscenes ends with them doing something that sets up the next film, and it's almost like someone throws a switch because that's not a good thing that they're about to go into. So happy times over, right. you know. I I like some of the things and, that are underlying about it. Like I like that it's a refugee story. Like right. I kind of dig that. Like there are all these aliens coming to, in the comics, I think it's Kansas or it's somewhere in the Midwest. Like Asgard's just in the United States now. Right, right. And I kind of like that idea that's happening. I just really don't want I, this director like, and no, crew to and do I, it again. No, I liked a lot. I liked some of the parts. I didn't like yeah. a lot of the parts because otherwise I would give it a higher score. Um, but I liked a lot of the stuff and it was enough to not hate watching it. Right. Even though I had all these things to complain about. Right. And, you know, I liked the rock guy. He was fun. Except... Um, I liked him all the way through. Except, I'll tell you, and this is really weird because I've seen this in a couple of things already. Um, I can't stand shows or movies or anything that's coming out with people are just doing Robin Williams impressions. Right. 
and, and it's he was. Like, it's like it's like Robin. It really was. We had we had Robin Williams lined up for this six years ago, right. seven years ago, whatever. Right. right. Uh, and now, so get somebody to do yeah. a Robin Williams impression. And yeah. I liked him, and it was good, but it just irritated. It was it was know? noticeable. Right. <laughs> as just, soon as I heard it, I went, "Oh, that's that's what they're trying to channel." He's just trying. Right. Yeah. He's just, but but his character was fun. Yeah. But there's so much about the story that you know nothing makes sense. You can't think about anything. You can't think about Hella. All you can think about right. is she can just kill everything. Yeah. We had this whole scene where she's fighting all the Asgardian yeah, soldiers. Right. That was totally stupid and it pointless. Was. Yep. And made no sense because if she's as powerful as right. she is, this is like a film driven by action scenes and the writing dictating that we have to have an action scene. No one think about it. Right. right? Because right. It, it doesn't make sense that she doesn't just wave her hand and they all die. Right. Or just start waving her hand and having those, that's big, what she can do, those big knives right? go through everybody. Right. You know, like, why is this even a thing? Don't right. even move. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. But she's dodging and ducking you, and flipping around. Just because it, it was weird. Sense, just as a right? quick side note, if they hadn't gotten Kate Blanchett, which I feel like is a major grab for this film, I, I could have swore Eva Green would have been this character. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like in some ways, Kate Blanchett was channeling Eva Green. Right. In a, in a weird, like, not campy, but kind of campy way. I feel bad for Eva Green. She could have, you know, she yeah, could have really, she, she could have locked this down. This I don't know how she didn't her. get this. Yeah. But anyway, it's that's a weirdly disappointing entry into the Marvel stuff, which is strange because I think, I think it, this it is, is the one I like is, the least. It is, is really weird how everything, you know, you know shifts, like, like yeah. you said, Guardians of the Galaxy does really well, so fine, make them all like that. Yeah, and it's weird to go back enough and then find movies that you liked a lot better. Like right. the first time we had yeah, Captain right. America, the yeah, first right. time we had Iron Man, they were very different, and yeah. they were still had their funny moments or whatever. But they yeah, were being they've... very serious, and they were. It's weird for me. I think. Yeah, it's weird because they were a lot more like comic books. Yeah. And, and now it's like we want to get all the people who think comic books are cartoons, right? <laughs> to Let's show them to, right to like, come to the Captain America is a great example because there's there's humor interspe you know intersped all over those films, even in the very serious, um, not just Civil War, but the Winter Soldier, which is pretty serious. Yeah, he's got like a sense of humor to it, and it's a serious film. I I had probably anticipated this without seeing the trailer. The moment I saw the trailer, I thought, oh man, that's that's a bad move right. for me. Uh, I thought it would be more like that, you know, very serious with things of humor dropped in. But man, I, I mean, I feel in some way like we're just, it, maybe we put off a bad vibe for each other because <laughs> we were in the theater and it was sold out again. There were parts of the film, like, I mean, it was like watching Wayne's World. Did you see the guys in front of us, their heads oh, start bobbing yeah, yeah, with immigrants? Yeah. Like there were people getting into this movie. Oh yeah. And I was having fun with it, though critical of it, and then deflated a bit when I realized, like, shit, that's what I got? Right. That sucks. Right. Um, but I feel like we were alone. Like, I think a lot of people in there, right. they seem to love they, Jeff Goldblum. They, like they love all that stuff. Yeah. And that's great. That's good because I like to see them, you know, do more films like this, but... This yeah. one wasn't for me. No, I have no interest in seeing this or recommending it to people. All right, we gotta uh, right. get out of here. We've been uh, we went even longer, longer than I expected then. that we would go. Next week it's going to be Murder on the Orient, Orient right. Express, at least, yep. um, and possibly right. other things. Uh, and we will yeah. uh, catch up with you then. Thanks for tuning yeah. in.
Bye. Hey, listeners. On behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.